Welcome in episode 44 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, coming off an action-packed week weekend, I should say, of the NFL draft. We'll get into everything. We'll get into the Jets draft, the Eagles draft, notable first-round picks. We won't bore you with anything from rounds two through seven, uh, but we'll try to be inside the brain of our NFL uh, decision makers and kind of see where everyone went right or potentially went wrong. Maybe talk a little bit of Aaron Rodgers as well. We have our mock draft results off the top of the show, but Aaron, how are you this week, my friend? Good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to breaking down the draft. Uh, can't say our mock draft was, was on point, but other than that, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed the show. And now for today's topics. Our mock draft was not on point. Um, Aaron alluded to that fact already. We, we had f- four picks out of 15 were correct. Um, Aaron's pick at 12, which he skipped and then came back to, did not come to fruition either, which is <laughs> much to the surprise of, of the rest of the group. Aaron's guy, actually, J.C. Horn, who Aaron mocked at 12, went number eight to Carolina. I think that was a shock. But we got Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two, obviously. We said Justin Fields would go with three which looking back wasn't the worst decision. I, you know, I, I would have been comfortable taking him at three. They ended up going Trey Lance, obviously, which we'll get into. Uh, but that's after that, we got Pitts correct. And then uh, with Jamar Chase going to Cincy, that really put us behind the eight ball there. Uh, we ended up getting number 13, Rashawn Slater, to the Chargers correct. Uh, so I don't remember if that was me or you, Aaron, but either way, you know, four out of 15, not bad. That's all you. That was all you. I'll, I'll hand that one off to you for sure. Hey. We do what we can. We do what we can. Um, Aaron, before we kind of get into the first round here, uh, why don't you just kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, give me your thoughts on the draft, maybe sprinkle in some Eagles, some Jets. Uh, and then I do want to dive into some notable picks before we get to the Eagles, before we get to the Jets. The Jets had a trade-up in round one. Obviously, Zach Wilson had been slotted at two for the last month, a uh, few months now. Uh, Eagles did something interesting by trading up. Uh, so we're just going to get into everything from A to Z, but Aaron, what are your initial thoughts coming out of draft weekend? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil any, anything that we're going to get into here in just a few moments, but, um, I thought obviously top two picks were, uh, just, just as we expected. Chalk. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so, dude, it's so hard not to like, just go off on a complete tangent. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up one for it. One surprise pick, uh, and and we were kind of talking about this just just before we got on today, was uh, Jamar Chase at number five yep. to the Bengals. Uh, obviously, re- reuniting him with uh, his his quarterback there, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, from the LSU days, uh, that that was definitely interesting to me. Uh, I thought they'd go offensive lineman. I think we we both broke that down that that they should probably go offensive lineman. You even talked about how Joe Burrow has that nasty scar. Still there on me, uh, so a receiver is not going to exactly block for him, uh, block a, a defensive lineman, a defensive end. But that that was interesting. I, I thought that was a definitely a a cool pick, a, a, an exciting pick for them, just because that, that that kid's a stud. But at the same time, you know, did they address a need that they absolutely uh, are are going to have to to be concerned about going into the season? I'm not sure that they did, but that that one in particular, just in the in the top 10 is interesting, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely hand it back over to you. There, there's, there's so much that happened after pick three and four and five that I was just kind of like thrown off by uh, in the, in the first round there. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to get back to the chase pick in a little bit. It, it was pretty shocking. I heard I heard some talking head on ESPN or or it was Fox or some maybe someone wrote a column on some BS site, but they were like art. They were trying to argue that Jamar Chase helps out Burrow as much as an O-lineman does with protection. And they were trying to say that like all the quick outs, the the slants, the five yard, you know, comebacker routes that Chase is going to apparently run would, would help out Burrow. And obviously that's true, but for a guy that was the best wide receiver in college football last year, then set out this year, why would you limit a guy's talent to put him in a box and say he's only going to run slants or quick routes or short outs, whatever the case may be. Uh, and to just basically claim that a guy like Jamar Chase, who plays wide receiver, not involved in the blocking scheme whatsoever, except, except for maybe a few run plays here and there would help out your future. You know, hopefully Hall of Famer quarterback in the protection scheme makes no sense to me, but uh, Hey, we don't get paid to do this. That guy does good for him. He's collecting a check. Uh, either way, going back to number three, Trey Lance, Aaron, and I thought this was going to be fields reading the tea leaves from the media. Everyone and their mother thought this was going to be Mac Jones out of Alabama. Chris Sims, who is on NBC sports, I believe went to school, went to Texas with Kyle Shanahan. They're apparently best friends, even to the effect that Chris Sims has a tattoo of like his friend group from Texas, like on his <laughs> leg or some shit. Wow. Kyle Shanahan, part of that group. Uh, so I think he has Kyle Shanahan's initials on his leg. So even Chris Sims, as good of friends he is with Kyle Shanahan, thought they were taking Mac Jones. Aaron and I did not believe the bullshit for one second. We knew this was going to be Fields or Lance. Uh, we, we ultimately mocked Fields, obviously, but it ends up being Trey Lance. Were you surprised uh, that this was the pick, Aaron? I was shocked. Yeah, I, I was definitely uh, – that that threw a curveball in, in the top five right away. I mean, that – I didn't think, uh, you know, coming from such a, a small school, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was Wentz, he was drafted second or third from that same school. And, and yeah, and NDSU, uh, yep. Yeah, I can't remember if it was pick two or three. I think it was picked two, but he, he was second, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, regardless, just uh, Trey Lance, you know, going to, to San Francisco, I, I thought they would take a quarterback. I think everybody in their, and their mother thought, you know, once they traded up, uh, to get that third pick, it was going to be a quarterback, but right. to go to go the Trey Lance route was, was definitely um, not predictable or, or not, uh, you know, not what I expected, not what uh, I don't think a lot of people expected. Like, uh, you know, right before the draft, if if you would have put a gun to my head, I probably would have said Mac Jones just because of everything I was hearing. Yep. But um, you know, we, we we talked about Justin Fields too, so I mean, it was just like a flip of the coin of those two guys. Really, is what I thought. Uh, I thought Trey Lance might go down as far as like the Broncos or something like that. Um, but, you know, there at pick three, they, they, they pull the trigger on, on what it seems to be their guy. I know, and I'm not going to go off too, too much further on a tangent, but Jimmy G said, I'm quote, I'm ready for a quarterback competition. Ready to go. I hope uh, Jimmy G's not ready to stub his toe. Cause that's pretty much all he does as soon as he gets on the field, uh, you know, cause he's injury prone as, as anybody in the league. I'm going to, I'm going to toss this uh, tickler tickler tease out here. Uh, Kyle Shanahan only has one winning season as the 49ers head coach. So he drafted wow. his guy. He traded up from, uh, from 12 to three, nine spots, gave away two f- future first round picks to get his guy. I think the pressure severely shifts to Kyle Shanahan's shoes. Uh, yeah. You're right. Jimmy G probably has no chance at winning this job. I mean, I could see him starting for like a year, if he stays healthy, Lance is pretty young. He only has, I think he's like still 20 years old. Didn't play last season, obviously. 
Uh, I think he has the least amount of attempted throws in college out of a top five pick ever, uh, which just means he doesn't have experience. So that's a fancy stat for you folks out there to read between the lines. But yeah, pressure firmly on Kyle Shanahan's uh, in Kyle Shanahan's office there. Um, number four, Kyle Pitts, tight end. Uh, everyone's speculating, obviously, with Fields still on the board there. Mac Jones still on the board there. Do we give up from a 35, 36-year-old Matt Ryan? Uh, they say no. The new coaching staff, the new GM opts for uh, a freak of an athlete in Kyle Pitts at tight end. Uh, what do you think of this pick? Where do you think he fits into the offense there in, in Atlanta? Yeah, I don't, I don't hate the pick. That's for sure. I think, you know, pretty much everybody uh, has already alluded to like his, his athleticism, you know, he might be the best uh, pound for pound athlete in the draft that, that, you know, there's a, there's a point to be made there, but um, you know, if, if Julio indeed stays there, that's going to kind of take some attention away from him, which uh, you know, will will coexist with their offense a little bit better. Uh, and then Matt Ryan can spread the ball out and, and things like that from, from what I mean, I, I couldn't tell you probably anybody on that defense, uh, honestly, but um, I think that's for, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's one of their biggest problems is their, their defense at this point. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Atlanta, I, Atlanta's one of those teams. They never seem to have it all figured out. Um, you know, they've had Matt Ryan since day one, since they drafted him and just, they surround him with a good team at times, but then it's just a mess at other times. And, and really, ever since the Super Bowl, they haven't been like a threat. Uh, ever since they, they blew the lead to the Patriots in that Super Bowl, uh, they haven't been the same type of threat, um, you know, elite team, um, you know, in the league. So, you know, not a bad pick, but at the same time, they're just – I feel like they're not close enough to compete. So it's like, you know, he might have a great career, but it's going to take them a few more years to, to really get back to, you know, being a, one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, they, they will be losing games 42 or 35 down in Atlanta, but at least it'll be exciting. Bet the over, hammer the <laughs> over. Uh, we talked about Chase a little bit. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a debate for probably the entirety of, of Joe Burrow's career, whether they made the right decision there not to protect him. Um, obviously, I'd love to see Joe Burrow be upright. I love watching him play. They basically had nobody but T. Higgins last year. A.J. Green was the shell of himself. Uh, I do like watching him play. So I hope for his sake that they're a scary offense. I just would have rather gone with the protection there. Uh, number six, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. This is Aaron's guy. I think maybe a little bit over Devontae Smith. Um, going to the Dolphins scares me a little bit because this guy's a freak athlete. I think he was the fastest guy in the draft, uh, projecting him to be like a bigger, more solid Tyreek Hill. He doesn't scare me because they still have two attack of low as their quarterback. If they figure out the QB situation, uh, maybe he scares me a little bit. Uh, and then Sewell, Penny Sewell goes to number seven. Uh, the Detroit Lions were very happy to get him. I think they, I mean, they have Jared Goff slinging the rock back there, but they, I think they do have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They have Taylor Decker at left tackle, uh, right tackle, excuse me, Penny Sewell probably at left. Frank Ragnow just got paid at center there. Uh, so a sneakily good offensive line for a shitty quarterback. Uh, the number eight, I thought this is interesting as well. They take uh, – the Carolina Panthers take J.C. Horn uh, and are willing to roll the dice with Sam Darnold uh, over Justin Fields. Do you think that was the correct decision for them to not take a QB there in that spot? Uh, I, don't, I'm, I don't know. Uh, what do you, let, let me hear your thoughts first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go back. I, I'm just – I don't know, man. I'm split. I'm split. I would have taken Fields. Um, 
instead I, I, I if so fields had gone before eight i would not have taken mac jones there i think mac jones going in the middle of the first round is probably about where he where i would have projected him to be at uh and probably about where he should have been taken obviously which the pats at 15 so that makes sense uh I, I think fields is is to me i think he's probably above trey lance i think trey lance might have some other traits that kyle shanahan likes but to me fields can do everything that lance can do and and probably that Lawrence and Wilson can do. He's just, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if any of these guys can read the defense. I think that's the mental aspect of of the quarterback position is really where you have to, you know, evaluate and probably get it correct. Sam Darnold could not read a defense. That's why he was shitty the past year, few years uh, with the Jets. Granted the offensive talent, the offensive coaching staff did not help him out one ounce, uh, but he cannot read a defense. So I hope for his sake, he figures that out this off season uh, if you have concerns about Justin Fields' ability to get off his first read, to read a defense, to to manage a game effectively, then I can understand it. But if he turns out to be a stud in Chicago, you're probably kicking yourself in Carolina that your franchise did not take this guy. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I don't know. You know me. I'm like the the first to critique Sam Darnold. So uh, them them going forward with <laughs> them them going forward like. You know, here's here's the keys. Here's the here's all the permission to run the the franchise. I just there's no way in hell I would do that. But um, you know, they yeah. like you said, they get they get paid the big bucks. I thought uh, even Denver at number nine. You know, you still have Justin Fields on the board at that point. I, I probably would have pulled the trigger right then and there. Um, John, you know, John Elway running the show most of it uh, as far as players and, and things of that nature up in in the in Denver. I don't know if I. I trust um, – crap, I, I drew a blank on his name, Denver's quarterback. Uh, drew, you drew a blank for Drew Locke. Drew Locke, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and I know we talked about him last season. Um, Stinks. You know, he, he didn't have the worst stats, but then but then throughout the entirety, of, as the season went on, it got worse and worse. Right. And I just – I'm not saying he's a bona fide scrub. You know, maybe he can be a backup that type of thing. But, um, you know, I guess he'll get one more year to, to kind of prove it. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll change things and, and turn things around. You know, I'm not, I'm not all the way out on him, uh, yet, but like I said, I mean, Justin Fields was on the board at that point. I, I would have passed on Mac Jones as well. Most likely right. I, I just, I want a guy with a little mobility and, and, uh, Mac Jones doesn't really have that, especially in the game today. I mean, most of these guys are mobile at least to some degree. So, um, Justin Fields uh, at number eleven to the Chicago Bears. Though, if you want to, if you want to touch on that, um, you know, obviously this guy's, these this guy's just skipping over Devontae Smith right now. Yeah, yeah, we... skipping over his own pick. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get back to Eagles and Jets for sure. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields, obviously, the the Giants had that spot in the eleven. Uh, your boy Howie makes a trade, deals up for Devontae Smith. Apparently, that was the Giants' guy all along. They they targeted Devontae Smith um, at least for the few weeks leading up. Gettleman doesn't get his guy. Trades back to number twenty. Chicago gives up a future first round pick, third round pick, and fourth round pick, which seems obviously quite expensive. But hey, if if Chicago finds their guy, I probably would give up five first round picks for a franchise quarterback at this day and age. But um, either way, I think this is a great move for them. Um, if you're sitting at number 20, you're probably not thinking that your team can go out and get one of the top five quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, but to move up, you know, nine spots and get Justin Fields there, I think is great value. Um, to me, uh, going in the draft, I'm sure Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy were probably saying to themselves in their pre-draft meetings that, hey, 
you know, a field slides past eight or nine, you know, 10, we probably have a shot. So uh, I heard the Patriots were lurking. I heard Washington was lurking. Uh, I heard the Vikings would have taken him if he dropped to 14. So um, for, for the bears to come up and trade in front of all those teams, uh, I kind of respect the move to be honest, if no matter really how this season goes, if they're still middle of the road, 500, uh, I, I probably think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace get the door. Uh, at least Ryan Pace does. And then, you know, if you're bringing in a new GM, they're probably going to want to bring in their own coach. Um, so to me, this season's really about how you can develop Justin Fields. Um, obviously Allen Robinson's still there. They have a pretty good run game with Tariq Cohen. Um, and the other running back who's escaping my name right now, they picked him, David Montgomery, they picked him in the third round a few years back. So they got a two-headed monster there. They got a couple of guys. They like Mooney, who's a receiver there. They still have Jimmy Graham for some reason at tight end, which to me would have been an auto, auto cut in the offseason if I'm, <laughs> I'm the GM there. Um, so this season's all about his development. So if he can um, come out of this year and, and show some show some stuff, maybe get a few wins under his belt and really build around him next year, uh, great. If not, then they're probably going to be fired. So really it's a reputation pick for me from the Chicago bears. Yeah. When that, when that went down and, and I was tracking the draft there, I, I was absolutely shocked. They, they made that, uh, the trade up, um, you know, more, like you said, more power to them. I, I think that was the right move to make as they don't really have the, the quarterback position solidified. Um, if you're, if your best option is Andy Dalton, I say you're in deep, deep trouble, uh, especially in the, the past, the past happy league that we live in nowadays um you know you got to upgrade that position uh justin fields uh, a guy that can really do it all we'll, we'll see if he can do it at the next level but I, it's definitely exciting i think at least bears fans have something to be somewhat excited about at least something to look forward to you know this is the same franchise that passed on um much like a lot of teams but they did pass on mahomes and they actually i think they traded up for trubisky so Yep. They're trying to, they're trying not to, you know, they're trying to lick their wounds and not, and not have a, a serious blunder once again, uh, drafting a quarterback in the first round. So I, more power to him. I think that was the right move to make, um, a, a move they needed to make pretty much, uh, to, to even have a chance to, to save either, uh, Matt Nagy or, uh, or Pace's job this, this season. So maybe it buys them another year if they, if they stay competitive, but, uh, like you said, they, they are both on the hot seat and, you know, I kind of I kind of root for Justin Fields, even though I, I can't stand Ohio State players. Uh, I just kind of Chicago being good is just I always kind of had a soft spot for them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would like to see them at least be competitive in the in the division and, and maybe give the Packers a run for their money, especially because we don't know where where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Yeah. No, the, the Bears really have been in quarterback carousel mode for. <clears throat> probably since like the eighties. I mean, I know they had Jay Cutler, they had Rex Grossman who played a couple of nice years for them respectively. Uh, but I feel for Chicago because we, we, you know, we are miserable fans just like them. Us Jets fans and us, us Bears fans can definitely uh, commiserate. So, I, I mean, I like Justin Fields too. I thought, you know, if the Jets would have picked him, I would not have been mad whatsoever. Uh, I kind of considered Wilson 1A, 1B for that number two spot. Um, obviously would love to get, would have loved to get Trevor Lawrence, but picking two, I would have been happy with Wilson or field. So yeah, I do hope he succeeds. Matt, Matt Nagy, man, I'm central graduate PA guy. Hopefully he does well. Hopefully he can coach up Justin Fields a little bit better than he coached up Trubisky, but we'll certainly see. Um, number 12. Yeah. So obviously 11 was fields 12. Micah Parsons goes from Penn state, uh, from PA to Dallas. Uh, 
this to me was an interesting pick. I think they were just firmly in, in best player available mode. I don't really think they need to do much on offense. Obviously they have Dak. Uh, they picked uh, not Jerry Judy. They picked uh, the guy from CD lamb last year. Um, they have a couple guys at, at wide receiver. Obviously they have Zeke at running back who, who, I mean, did have a shit year last year, but maybe he was injured. I have no idea. That's an interesting pick to me. I think, like I said, I think they were in best player available mode. They trade back um, with with the Eagles, recoup some some picks there. But what are your thoughts on your boy Parsons going down to Big D? Yeah, it seems it seems like every Penn State linebacker ends up in in unfortunately uh, in Dallas. There, uh, <laughs> you know, he came out and and basically almost like I don't want to say body slammed Roger Goodell, but it was sort of something to that effect. He like jumped into his his arms. So, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, a guy that's, you know, I did read a little bit more about him more, you know, recently he, he's kind of been in trouble periodically throughout his life. So hopefully that, that he, you know, has addressed that and he's going to be, you know, on, on a straight and narrow in the NFL. Um, but a, definitely a guy that can play extremely fast uh, linebacker. So, um, you know, I'm happy for him. Obviously anybody from Penn state, I'm going to, I'm going to pull for, but uh, it's hard. It, he could have went anywhere else and I would have been, you know, happier about it, but, uh, you know, you can't, you can't choose where you're drafted. So, you know, at the end of the day, good for him. And uh, I do wish, I do wish him individual success in, uh, in Dallas there, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if Dallas has no excuse on paper to not score like 40 points a game, I would say um, at the same time though, Dak is coming off that, that pretty brutal injury. So we'll see if, if Dak Prescott is, is exactly what, uh, everybody thinks he's he's going to be th- this season as well. Yeah, I think that's a big question. They have the offensive line there. Um, they have receivers. They have running backs. And, and they're starting to build out the defense a little bit more. So it's all up to Dak and, and kind of how he lives up to that contract coming off that injury. Um, 13, are the, the fourth and final correct pick from our mock draft for Sean Slater uh, goes to uh the chargers uh it's pretty pretty good for for justin herbert there um i think building out that offensive line is probably a priority especially after last year the jets we'll get to in a second obviously when we get to our jets and eagles breakdown trade up to 14 uh also grab an offensive lineman from usc elijah Vera tucker should be dope on the offensive line with with becton um then 15 we'll love your thoughts here aaron mac jones quarterback out of alabama going to the patriots um Every mock draft, I think, if you didn't have Mac Jones going to the 49ers, you probably had him going to 15 um, here with New England. What do we think of of this pick? Um, and, and do we ultimately think that the Patriots will be successful in grooming Mac Jones to be the eventual successor to Tom Brady? Oh man, it's this is such a this is such a curveball. I'm I'm not I'm I'm the first one to tell you I think Cam Newton absolutely sucks at this point in his career. So. Uh, to say that they needed a quarterback, you know, I, I think they, they absolutely did. Mac Jones, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'm not sure. If he's going to succeed anywhere, I would say as long as New England's, like, on on course to, to keep signing receivers like they did this offseason, you know, maybe maybe he has a good chance there just because it's, it's Belichick, it's the system, it's, it's the scheme, you know, that type of thing. Um, I, I would say he's going to be an above average quarterback. That's how I look at it. Like, I don't think he's going to be absolute dog shit like, uh, Jared Stidham or anything like that, but you know, to say he's going to be like a pro bowler and, and, an absolute stud. I, I don't know if I see that either. Um, 
he, I think he, he can definitely like throw the deep ball and, and he has, got, he's got a rocket for an arm, but um, you know, it's going to come down to a guy that's not very mobile. It's going to come down to them protecting him. I mean, that wasn't really a, a big deal when Brady was there. It seemed like the guy had 20, 20 seconds to throw the ball. And then if he was hit, it was a 15 yard penalty anyway. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think he'll be above average. I don't think he's going to be a scrub. I think he'll have a few very good years, but I, you know, to say he's going to go down in the history books, that type of thing, you know, like a Tom Brady, I, I don't, I don't know if I see that, but at the same time, Brady was what drafted in the sixth round. So yeah, any, anything's possible with that franchise. I just, I think I'm with Dan and saying this, I hope they fail miserably at everything they do. So um, yeah, I hope he fails miserably. Yeah. I was going to say he better not, he better not end up in the history books. I don't know what I would do with myself if uh, he also becomes a hall of fame quarterback. <laughs> 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 other other way i'm not too scared of mac jones I, I think it is what it is i, I think he, he'll need a lot of help around him i think the patriots will have a good defense this year probably start cam uh m- maybe most of the year to be honest if they're still in contention i i don't see them beating the bills uh in the standings i don't see them beating the dolphins in the standings and if they beat the jets great you know all i really care about is is wilson you know developing and if we have a good draft pick next year great we have you know, two first round picks, two second round picks, and then look out, Mac Jones. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll be firmly in the in the rear of, of the AFC's bus there. But um, <laughs> after the first fifteen picks, I, you know, nothing else really, not much else really caught my eye. I think the Raiders at seventeen taking the the tackle from Alabama really didn't make much sense to me. Death taxes and the Raiders. I think you know, reaching for a player. We talked about that last week, which is kind of funny. Uh, Anything else? I mean, Giants taking Katerius Tony at 20, I thought was a little bit of a reach to me. But again, they get that extra first round pick, extra couple late round picks next year, um, which which ultimately would be worth it. So again, you're baking on Katerius Tony and that first round pick next year becoming better than Devontae Smith. It's a gamble for sure, but we'll see how that plays out. But any other picks kind of in the latter half of the first round that really caught your eye, Aaron? Yeah, I think uh, you nailed it, nailed it on the head. I think that offensive tackle for Oakland, people were saying like he could have went in the third round and things like that. So <laughs> for, for, I mean, at least uh, from an ESPN draft show, you know, uh, I guess they with a grain of salt, maybe maybe he wouldn't have. But at the same time, it, to say they reach for him, that's definitely accurate. I mean, I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. But uh, at the same time, uh, I think the Steelers, what, at 26? Um, 24. Sorry, 24, yeah. Uh, grabbing Nigel Harris, I think that's an excellent pick. Yep. Um, you know, James Conner is no longer on the team. James Conner was kind of underwhelming, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I love his story, but uh, if James Conner is your best back, I think that's, you know, you can you can definitely upgrade the position regardless. But James Conner off to Arizona in the offseason, you, you pick up Nigel Harris, you pick up a guy that, you know, great college career, uh, Alabama running backs usually are just absolute tanks and it's just another one. So uh, I think that's a great pick in, in round number one, a position they, they desperately need to be better. Take a little bit uh, of workload off of, of Ben Roethlisberger and in his elevated age. Uh, I just, I, when they picked him, I thought that was an absolute, like, I'm not going to say steal, but it was an absolute like spot on pick. Like, I, I think they, that makes sense that, that, that fits them. And uh, you know, I, I wish him success in, in the league. Yeah, I'm usually not a fan of, of drafting a court, uh, a running back, excuse me, that high. I just think Najee Harris is a complete back. I mean, he absolutely tore up teams in the college football playoff last year. 
played at the highest competition, got it done at the highest level in college, at least. Um, and they're, they're saying he's the most complete running back they've had, um, probably more complete than Le'Veon Bell, which is pretty shocking to hear. Obviously, the past couple of years haven't been too kind to Le'Veon Bell, but um, he, he was one of the best running backs I've ever seen live when he was in his prime. Um, so for them, I think it's a good pick. The pick right after them, Jaguars 25, taking ETN. Uh, running back out of Clemson didn't make much sense to me. I, I thought, I mean, if you look at the Steelers and Jaguars rosters as, as a whole, they're in completely different positions in, in their roster building process. I think the the offense for the Steelers are probably a running back, uh, maybe another receiver away from being lights out. I think the Jaguars offense and defense, both, you know, both units need a lot of help to be really good. Um, they picked a guy or they had a guy last year, James Robinson, undrafted free agent, almost led the league in rushing. And then you come out and spend a first round pick on Travis Etienne. I understand he's a good talent as well. Probably a tier below Najee Harris, probably in that second tier running backs coming out this year. Uh, so to me, that's kind of a reach. But again, if you want to, you know, bring a buddy back to, to Trevor Lawrence, obviously they played at Clemson together. If you want to have a nice receiving back in your offense, great. Um, I just thought that there were certainly other needs where where they could go with, and there were, there was a lot of other talent um, on the board as well when when they picked ETN there in that spot. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I thought Jacksonville went so heavy offense, you know, for obviously both those picks. Trevor Lawrence has never, you know, it didn't shock anybody. That was kind of like a shoe in at that point. But um, yeah, like you you alluded to, I remember when that defense was uh what the year the, the eagles went uh 2017 it was the, the year the eagles went to the super bowl yeah the defense was like uh you know uh, top three i think or or maybe even top two absolutely elite and now like they're a sh- uh, not even a, a shell of themselves they're they're just that team needs so much help in so many different areas so um yeah i'm with you i i think obviously you bring up their running back from last year why not just stay stick with that and address a different need there but um you know that that's that's the route they chose to to take. Um, it'll we'll see how it pans out. They just I think they're they're years away from even competing. I would say unless Lawrence goes out and absolutely balls, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a good division. Obviously, outside of the Texans, you have the you have the Titans and the Colts who, you know, picking picking in in the late twenties, early twenties, the past few years because they make the playoffs mostly every year. Those teams aren't going away. Um, obviously, the Titans still have some talent. The Colts with uh, with Carson Wentz should probably be a little bit better this year. Um, even when they when they were last year, they were pretty good too with uh, with Philip Rivers. So to make that pick with a lot of other talent still on the board on both sides of the ball made no sense to me. Um, the only other pick uh, in the first round that really caught my eye was the Packers. Uh, it came out draft day that that obviously Aaron Rodgers is very unhappy there. Sums all the way back to last year with with them picking Jordan Love, a quarterback in the first round, trading up for a quarterback, mind you, uh, in, in Jordan Love. And, and uh, you know, to me, them taking a, a corner from Georgia, uh, the things I were reading, they probably could have gotten him in the second round or the third round. So, yes, if you look at their game, you know, against the, the Buccaneers in the playoffs last year, how many times did Tampa's receivers get open? So maybe you can you can justify them taking a cornerback there, but – uh, you know, maybe you give a receiver the, the Jets took at, at pick 34 in the, in the second round, Elijah Moore, who is going to be an absolute stud, I think. Um, so maybe you go for a guy like that, give Rodgers some more help. But uh, to me, uh, you know, I, I think that was a little bit of a reach. But ultimately, uh, I, I, you know, whatever Rodgers decides to do has probably already been decided. So 
I don't think that pick alone really made any bearing on on kind of his situation in Green Bay. Unless you live under a rock, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that that Aaron Rodgers does not want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. It, it seems to me that um, no matter what they do, uh, he he is jumping the ship. He he's he's out of there as fast as he can. So uh, I, first, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Dan. Uh, you know, what where do you even think is a, a realistic you know place for him to go from here? And um, do you think he's justified in in doing what he's doing at this point? Um, justified. I'll handle that part first. I, I would say no. Um, you know, he has an all pro, he has a lot of all pro guys, in the offensive line. Devonte Adams is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, uh, Robert Tanya and his tight end. Uh, it was a pro should have been a pro bowler last year at 10 touchdowns for some reason, in the NFL, um, and the voters decided to put an Everett Ingram over, Robert Tanyan, uh, Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs um, in the NFL. Uh, his coach, Matt LaFleur, um, consistently puts him in the best position to succeed. Uh, yes, he won the MVP last year, uh, primarily based off of his offensive talent, but the latter years of, uh, of the Mike McCarthy era were not uh, that promising offensively because he refused to adapt and evolve the system that Matt LaFleur uh, currently employs. So from a, from a talent standpoint, from a team standpoint, I don't think he's very justified. Uh, the GM picking Jordan love last year in the draft, obviously signals. This is, this is where the root of the issue is. In my opinion, I don't think it at the end of the day has anything to, to do with the offense, the, the t- his teammates around him, et cetera. Uh, I think it ultimately has to do with, with the front office disrespecting him and taking a quarterback, even though, um, you could argue he still has three to four solid years left. Um, Brady, you look at Tom Brady down in Tampa, obviously still playing at a high level at 42, 43. Uh, there's really no reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers can't do that. Um, so if they ended up taking Jordan Love in the second round, third round, I don't think we'd really have a conversation here. Um, I think it's the fact that they traded up in the first round without telling him. Uh, I think that's really where the, the gears start to get grinded. Uh, if you look at Minnesota and their quarterback situation, um, Kellen Mond was, was drafted out of Texas A&M in the third round last week. And uh, Mike Zimmer, the coach of the Vikings told Kirk Cousins before the draft that that was a possibility. So for, for the Vikings to respect Kirk Cousins enough and a guy that goes like eight and eight every year and throws like 25 interceptions every year for them to respect that guy enough uh, to tell him to tell him that hey we're probably going to take a quarterback. Uh, I, I I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you probably have to sit sit there and, and wonder yourself why that's not happening in your situation as well. So from that point of view, I, I do think he he has a point. Uh, but yeah, I I think ultimately he 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 might be at this point in his life just looking for a change of scenery. I know he's been getting into some Jeopardy stuff, some extracurricular stuff off the field. So. Maybe he feels like he'd rather be in a market where he can that, – that suits his interests more than, than Green Bay, Wisconsin does at, at this point. Yeah, it's – he. I'm not going to say he's a polarizing figure. That's not the right way to say it. But, he like, pretty much, um, you know, you either hear very good about Aaron Rodgers or, or not so good about Aaron Rodgers as far as, uh, you know, his personality, the way he carries himself, the way he, you know, respects others. I remember – not too long ago, I want to say this is probably three, three or four seasons ago that 
he pretty much called out all the receivers um, pretty publicly uh, after I think it was a training camp or, or something, something along those lines. Um, I've always thought of Aaron Rodgers as like a, a pretty, you know, I, I don't know him whatsoever. So it's hard to, you know, we're just outsiders at, at this point, but um, you know, he, he seems to be a, just a, a very arrogant guy to me. He seems like he's, he's all about Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers only that that's just what it seems like. I could be totally wrong. Um, I, I've seen him. I've watched his his interviews on the Pat McAfee show quite a few times, and he seems to be a very sincere guy on there. But that then again, Pat McAfee is kind of like the Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, bandwagon. Like he he's the captain of the bandwagon. He's yep. he's driving that bus down the street. So um, I don't know. I, some some of the things I you know you, you can kind of draw parallels to Brett Favre towards the end of his career where he had falling out of, of the Packers organization and, and Rogers kind of same thing here. Um, you know, I don't know, man, it, it's so tough for me to, to assess it because at the same time, like what I've drafted a quarterback in the first round, you know, when I have Aaron Rodgers back there, I, I don't know because Aaron Rodgers has been injured, you know, a few many times in, in the NFL, you know, he's, he's not exactly bulletproof. Um, so to, to plan for the future, uh, for a guy that's what, like 38, 39 at this stage. Um, you know, I don't think that's a horrible setup, you know, from, from the GM, like, you know, he's not going to play forever. You know, he might be one devastating injury away from not being himself. So them, them doing that, I, I kind of understand it. When you draft somebody in the first round though, that does, you know, kind of put a bad taste in, in the current quarterback's mouth. I, I understand that as well. So uh, I think it would be extremely exciting. I, I thought San Francisco would would try to try and you know would would try and get him. And and from reports, it, it seems like they did. It just wasn't it wasn't enough. So I think if he would have went to San Francisco, that would have been absolutely lethal for them. But uh, yeah, I, I to to really go back to to what we were talking about, I I don't know where he would go at this point in his career. I, I just maybe I don't like see Carolina already has Sam Darnold. Like I. I'm just trying to like figure out a situation that would work, but I'm not sure in a competitive, in a competitive team. So I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it, it's, a, it's a situation that I don't think is going away anytime soon. Um, obviously with, with mostly off season programs starting up, I don't think he'll show up to any of the activities that, that Green Bay is, is hosting. Um, I think once training camp rolls around in, you know, July, August, whenever, whenever that typically starts up, I think that's where you'll probably start to see some, some more trade chatter um, come over the wire there. I, I, for him to just, for him to skip training camp, I think to me would just showcase that he's serious about this. And if he shows up to training camp, I think that also kind of means that things might've been smoothed over a little bit. So there've been reports that the coach Lafleur has visited him this off season the GM Brian Gutekunst has visited him this off season. Um, obviously, the Packers don't have an owner; uh, they are a publicly traded company, uh, but they have a president. I think his name is Mark Murphy. He's visited him a couple times over the off season in an attempt to smooth this thing over. So it's not like when Schefter reported this last week that it just happened a couple of days ago, a couple of days prior. Before that, this has been bubbling over since probably last draft. If we're being honest about ourselves, and I think he went into last season wanting to prove that he could still compete at a high level in this league and then went out and won an MVP. Uh, so if he's still able to do that at this age, um, I think it further 
begs the question as to why they went ahead and drafted a quarterback in that spot. Um, a lot of people say he's getting older, but again, we just laid out several instances in, in which quarterbacks who are nearing 40 have been able to succeed and, and he is further proof of that case. So to me, it'll be, it'll be very telling what happens around training camp time. And if he ultimately decides to no show, I think, you know, who knows, he might go as far as to sit out a year, which would be absolutely insane. But um, at this point, I think the relationship between franchise and player is that fractured where it could come to a scenario like that. Yeah. You know what? I, I, while you were talking and don't get me wrong, I was listening. Don't, don't, don't mistake that for a second. But uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, what it, I'm just trying, I don't know if they could realistically pull it off, but if I'm like, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I would try and go get them like right now. Dolphins like, are a good option. That, that team's like at least coming together. How would, and, what would you give up for? Would you give up three first round picks for him? Since he I is 37, I would, 38. I think I would only because reason being they've had so many draft picks recently that like it's not yeah giving up three first round picks is obviously going to hurt but they've they've stackpiled that team you know just in a few years that team was awful just like two two three years ago absolutely horrible and look where they're they're you know ascending now at least or or trending that way um trending to be a a better team in the nfl so i mean to to me too is not the guy uh, he's not going to be the guy uh, unless, you know, he really miraculously gets a lot better. Uh, so I, if I was if I was the Dolphins, I would at least try and go all in. I mean, you got you have to play with you finally don't have to deal with New England being absolutely insane or elite right. every year. So now your, your your biggest competition, at least at the moment, is, is the Bills. And with Tua, you're just not going to there's no way that 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 Bills team's as stacked as that is. I, I just don't see them at least like knocking him off for the division or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I think, I think if, if he's going to be traded from, from between now and the start of the season, it's going to have to be a team that has a young quarterback or has some sort of promising quarterback for them to get in return by all reports that everyone hears Jordan love is not ready to take over the reins of that franchise. He's not ready to start week one, which again, further begs the question as to why he was picked in the first round. Again, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's still mind-boggling that this guy was picked in the first round. Uh, anyway, it, like you said, Miami, I could absolutely see. The Broncos, I could absolutely see. The Panthers, I could see. Any quarterback who really doesn't have a surefire franchise guy at the spot, I could absolutely see. Maybe this is Brady's last year, and then the Buccaneers decide to trade for Rodgers in the offseason. Oh. Who knows? Run it back with another – aging quarterback but yeah it's me Miami the Broncos um, Washington football team make a lot of sense I know you like that one um, they have Rodgers in, in the uh, in the uh, division maybe the Eagles uh, trade for him who knows I think a lot of teams would, would love to have his services so it'll it'll certainly be fascinating to see how this all plays out over the course of the next few months um, Aaron let's let's get to what people have been waiting for I, I think it's finally time that we give a, an Eagles and a Jets draft breakdown and we'll start with the Eagles here uh I, I do want to get into to kind of picks one through five ish uh and we'll get to picks one through four ish with the Jets I don't want to bore the listeners with the six round picks with the seventh round picks of the world uh because they might not be in the ro- might not even be on the roster past like July uh but I, but I do think it's it's certainly worth mentioning obviously we did a, a nice draft breakdown last year 
um, after the, the Jets and Eagles selections there. So um, let's start with, with Devontae Smith. Um, obviously, Eagles had, had the 12th pick, traded back from number six, uh, then traded up on draft night to number 10, um, swapped with the Cowboys to usurp the Giants and draft their guy, Devontae Smith. How are we feeling about this pick? Yeah, I do like it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, you know, maybe at first it seemed like I wasn't excited about it. I, I am excited about it. I just hope he, uh, you know, obviously – being a little bit undersized, I would say, uh, concerns me a little bit. But uh, this this opens up the opens up the door for for Jalen Rager to get more touches. Um, hopefully, the running game gets going as well uh, with a new coach there. Uh, no more Doug Peterson, where we're going to throw the ball uh, 150 times a game and run the ball like twice. Um, so, huh. I I like the pick. You know, Alabama, like I said earlier, they, they usually produce pretty good products and at the next level. So. Uh, yeah, no problem with that pick. I, I like how Howie, Howie Roseman kind of finessed it where he traded back and then traded up and, and probably screwed the Giants out of, of that pick. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the uh, – I like that that pick there let's, for sure. Uh, let's get a check-in on Howie. How, I, I saw one outlet rank the Eagles draft as, as the best draft. Um, so, are we, are we all the way back in on Howie or are we still – are we still having second thoughts about our guy? Uh, yeah, so so not not a bad pick by any means. Um, you know, Devontae Smith, I, I'm kind of excited to see what this new offense is going to look like, obviously, with, with the new coach. That, that's the biggest thing, uh, you know, I, I have to look forward to, I would say. Uh, right after that, they go they go round two, pick number 37. Uh, Landon Dickerson, another, another Alabama player there, uh, the center. So, uh, Jason Kelsey, a ton of miles on that guy, uh, a guy at the end of his career every year. It's a question mark if he's back. I, I think he's supposed to this year, but uh, not not a bad pick, um, you know, kind of a, to sure up that offensive line and sure up the center position, obviously, with uh, Jalen Hurts taking the reins. You know, we might see some some playing time from him. Uh, you know, not exciting, not flashy, but but it makes sense to a certain degree there. Um after that, uh, Milton Williams, uh, defensive tackle from uh, Louisiana Tech, so a smaller school there. But um, from what I hear, this guy is extremely raw, um, pretty pretty quick player. Uh, but you know what? After to me, after round like two, um, a lot of these guys are absolute question marks. There, there's a reason why they didn't go up high in the draft. Uh, so we'll see. Um, you know, defensive line that, that's aging as well. So don't don't hate the pick there. Don't hate the idea. We'll just see how, how well it executes. And then uh, they go they go round four. They go round four. Uh, I guess you say it's Zach McPherson, but it's the weirdest way to spell Zach ever. It's Z E C H. Uh, so oh, I thought it was I thought it was Zach. That might that. No, I, no, I think you're right. I just I I never heard it pronounced, so I just assumed it was Zach. I th- no, I think you might be right, honestly, because I, I don't or even Zetch. know on that one. Uh, <laughs> what, whatever it might be, uh, you know, it seems Zach like – out of Texas Tech. I love Texas that. Tech, yeah. I, I did hear uh, some some good things about this kid, some some upsides. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of been picking secondary players later in the draft the last couple of years. Uh, they had Kayvon Wallace, I think it was in the third round last year. Uh, he got absolutely shredded this past season, but you know, granted, he was a rookie, so we'll see how that. You know, we'll see in year two if he. Uh, <laughs> Atta boy, Howie. Atta boy. Uh, 
Uh, everybody was saying like that guy's gonna be the next Brian Dawkins. I mean, that's that's whoa, so whoa, far whoa, that's, whoa, that's whoa, an absolute whoa. absolute insult uh, so far. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know I like the re- first round pick. I the second round pick isn't bad. After that, it, it's it's kind of question marks all around the board. Yeah, it's always, it's always it's always question marks. Uh, yeah, you, you get you get your first round, second round picks probably should start at some point in in their first year, and then after that, it's it's like you know playing pin and tail the donkey with a blindfold on. I do like <laughs> the running back Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. Um, the Jets ended up drafting a running back in the fourth round. Uh, I kind of wanted it to be the guy that you guys got, to be honest, Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. So I'm a little jealous. Maybe I'll have to uh, keep an eye on my guy Howie. He's starting to impress me a little bit. Well. Hey, I'll uh, I'll call Howie up because I'm I'm on a first name basis with him. I'll Perfect. say, what if we give up that guy for uh, you know maybe Zach Wilson? Is that is that fair? On give me Hurts and Devontae Smith. It's a deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole a whole package. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know, man. From what you know, for everybody I watch and everybody I I kind of go to as far as Eagles coverage, um, they say Howie knocked it out of the park in the first round, and after that he kind of did what he usually does and. And kind of just, I don't know, man. There's the Eagles. I just don't. I don't trust in their in their draft picking skills and their draft picking analysis. I just, it's hard to trust somebody that has like one Pro Bowler. I think it was in five or six years from the draft uh, as a draft prospect. So tough. tough. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I like I like the move in round one. Uh, you know, a guy that I believe won the Heisman. So. Yep. Uh, which is super rare for a receiver. That's kind of cool. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. I, I definitely like the pick. It's just, you know, like I said, to, to wrap it up, um, you know, not the best, not the best uh, draft analysis in years past. So, so we'll see. Um, but I, I, I like the effort in round one after that. We'll, we'll, we'll really see how this pans out for, for the Eagles this coming season and, and, and seasons to come. No, that's good stuff. Yeah, like, like I said, the athletic, re- re- revered uh, sports outlet, if you will, ranked Eagles as having number one draft. So I'm not sure if uh, they knew what they were talking. No, I'm just kidding. No, great, great draft <laughs> from Howie. Uh, I think, I think after the tumultuous offseason, I guess you could say that he had uh, good for him to kind of bounce back and, and hit out some picks here. Um, not to dive too deep into the into the Jets draft here. Obviously, number two, Zach Wilson. Um, I talked about him at, at length last week. I think this is a great pick. I, rookie year, I don't really have too much expectations for him. I think he'll be exciting, um, whether that be exciting in, in the good or exciting in the bad. We'll, we'll kind of wait to see how that shakes out. Um, I could see him throwing a lot of picks, maybe getting a little too um, pass happy. But to be honest, I think this is the right system for him. Um, they have a good offensive – or I, I shouldn't say good, I should say decent offensive line now. Um, the wide receiver room is, is arguably one of the most improved wide receiver rooms in the league. Um, so I think he'll, he'll be somewhat successful, definitely more successful than Darnold was his first couple of years. Um, that second pick they had there in the first round, taking Elijah Barrett Tucker, trading two third round picks to move up from 23 to pick 14, I thought was a ballsy move by Joe Douglas. Um, this guy's ranked as the number one interior offensive lineman in the draft. He'll probably play left guard, uh, slide next to Makai Becton, who plays left tackle. Um, there you go, bada bing, bada boom, your left side of the line, your blind side for Zach Wilson is covered. Um, I was talking to Aaron off air. The right side of the line isn't all that great, but to be honest, if he can, he's pretty mobile, Wilson is. So if he can um, get out, run, run, run a couple of bootlegs, run some play action and really get the pressure away from the right side, uh, I think he'll be fine. And then 
in the run game, if they want to run left all day long, uh, they got two bulldozers there to kind of be in front of the running back. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, round two, Elijah Moore, they had the second pick in the second round, uh, number 34. By all accounts, everything I've read, if they would have stayed at 23 um, and, and not taken offensive lineman there, they would have picked this guy. Um, so he was top 20 on their draft board to get him at pick 34 is pretty impressive to me. Um, this guy had like 86 catches, 1,200 yards in eight games last year for Ole Miss, and that's playing with a shitty quarterback in the SEC. Uh, he can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. Um, they, can get him on, they can get him going on jet sweeps. The 49ers use a guy named Debo Samuel um, in the run game as well. So I think Elijah Moore slots in well to be that sort of uh, weapon in their offense. And, and they've, they've already been talking back and forth. Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore have to get on the same page to develop that chemistry. Um, so I absolutely love this pick. I didn't really know who the guy was <laughs> until they picked him. I heard the name before, obviously, but uh, never really knew what his numbers were and, and got to watch a couple of YouTube clips. So very excited with, with these first three picks to say the least. Um, as I mentioned, they traded away both their third round picks. So the next pick in the draft after their second rounder was in the fourth round. Um, they drafted a guy by the name of Michael Carter, running back at a UNC. Pretty shifty guy, smaller guy, can catch passes. Uh, really reminds me of a guy like James White um, in New England. Um, mm. So I don't think he's going to light the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think he'll probably be their second back. Maybe he'll win the starting job by the end of the season since the running back room really isn't that great right now. Um, but ultimately a value pick, I think, um, if they would have stayed in the third round, in the third round and not traded those picks, uh, they probably would have used a selection on him. So running back coming into the draft was certainly a need to get a guy of value there in the fourth round pick, take a flyer on him, throw a dart at him, take him um, and kind of get out of town. It is worth mentioning. Uh, they drafted a guy uh, with the same name, Michael Carter in the fifth round out of Duke. Uh, but his name is Michael Carter, the second, he's a cornerback. Uh, so they got Michael Carter, the running back in the fourth round and Michael Carter, the second, uh, as a corner at a Duke in the fifth round. So I really know nothing about that guy. I just want to say it's kind of funny worth mentioning. It's probably the first time in the history of the draft where teams drafted um, two guys with the same name. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a great draft from Joe Douglas. Um, I think the first four picks going offense there makes a lot of sense, build around your young quarterback, um, help him be successful and then worry about the defense and free agency. And with, you know, you, you, the Jets have two first round picks next year. They have two second-round picks next year. So worry about your defense. Uh, worry about filling your other holes next year. Uh, but really this year, focus on, uh, you know, giving your quarterback some guys to play with on the offensive side of things and, and really see where, see where you shake out after that. So overall, I'm quite happy. Yeah, I think, you know, you making the comparison to Debo Samuel, that, that's spot on with, uh, with, their, with the Elijah Moore there. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick. You know, a guy that can give – uh, Zach Wilson just some yards after the carry. He ran a four four three two, uh, forty. So I mean the guy is an absolute. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, good pick. I, I think the Jets uh, didn't didn't shock anybody with with uh, the Zach Wilson pick. I do wish the kid luck. He he seems like he, uh, you know, coming from a small school that this is the bright lights and this is New York, basically New Jersey, but. You know, New Jersey, New Jersey. You, you get the idea. Um, you know, playing in in a in a big, you know, a, a spotlight. So I mean, you know, I I wish the kid luck. Um, seems to just, uh, you know, the, the Jets just seem to to really stockpile that offense for him and, and 
they're definitely focusing that way from a organizational standpoint. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely exciting for, for them, you know, fresh start, um, no longer with Sam Darnold there. So, um, yeah, we'll see the, the, these quarterbacks this year. I, I really don't know how any of them are going to do, you know, truth be told that that's any year, but this year in particular is, is definitely like interesting and more, I would say wide open than I can remember any years past. Yeah. Uh, with that. No, position. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. I, I agree. I know that's, that's, I mean, I think, I think both of us are relatively happy um, kind of the, the direction our franchises are going. I do think we're probably in different spots. Um, the Eagles definitely have, you know, kind of their roster more figured out than we do, but. Uh, the, don't say that, man. At the end of the day, if, if Zach Wilson turns out to be a stud, I think that can definitely accelerate our timeline, but either way, you know, love, love kind of the draft content, love kind of soaking it all in definitely fun for the two of us over this past week. Um, we'll certainly be back with maybe some more draft fallout um, and kind of where, where both these rosters shake out going into the season. Uh, and certainly we'll get to the other four major sports and what, what else is going on in, in the landscape as we move into the summer um, with this podcast. So appreciate you all tuning in this week. And Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, the, the only thing I was going to add is, uh, you know, it's very rare. I have some positive Orioles news, but uh, their pitcher, John Means, it wasn't just yesterday or, yeah, I think it was Wednesday at this point. Uh, he did throw a no-hitter, so that was the Ooh, first no-hitter. Yeah, first no-hitter since uh, six, 1969 that it was uh, a one-guy no-hitter. Uh, they did throw a, a team no-hitter in 91. But, um, yeah, just super cool. I mean, guy seems uh, – he lost his dad to cancer not that long ago, too. Oh, so, um, you know, I just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there. A no-hitter is always cool. And, I love tidbits. Uh, you know, good, good for him, you know. Um, but, unfortunately, I, I'll, I'll say this, the, uh, the New York – uh, Yankees are, are absolutely heating up. Uh, Stanton is uh, locked in at the plate. You, you can throw that guy any type Man of Man possessed. He, he's, he's got like ice running through his veins right now, so that absolutely terrifies me uh, because we got to play you guys very, very soon. And we got to play the Red Sox over the weekend. So it's, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, but, yeah, just, just want to throw a little little MLB action in there just because, uh, you know, the season's going strong. But, uh, you know, Glad we got to break down the draft and, uh, you know, looking forward to, to whatever happens next in, in both leagues and, and, and all sports for that matter. Absolutely. Take us home.